Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the 2023 Vice President of Marketing and Communications. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hubka, the 2023 Vice President of Membership and Outreach, as well as a member of the Pod Squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. We also have Helena Hodges, our VP of Finance and Operations, as our producer. Now, for this episode, we are interviewing Josh Davis. Welcome, Josh. Hi. Thanks for having me. Well, before we jump into two awesome hours, which I can't wait, can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned two awesome hours already. So I, I wrote a book um, about how to do less work uh, called Two Awesome Hours. And uh, and it's an international bestseller. It's in 10 languages and and continues to sell well. So that's that's been fun. Um, I did my doctorate in, I studied psychology and neuroscience at Columbia University. I was a professor for a while um, there also. And uh, um, the thing is, I love teaching. Uh, I just, I love it. I just can't get enough. And, um, and so I just, I tried my hand at teaching executive education um, and discovered, this was 12 years ago, and I discovered that just, you have people who are so hungry for it, right? They're just like, tell me anything I can use. They really want to understand. It's just this level of curiosity and motivation that, um, that I was, I just, I, I loved it also. So, um, since then, I've been working in leadership development, various capacities. Some people may know the Neural Leadership Institute. So I was the first head of research there and helped, you know, develop a lot of that content and, I used to MC the summits that they hold and that sort of thing. Um, worked at the Mentora Institute um, a long time as a chief scientist. And um, and I continue to do a lot of writing as well. So pieces in HBR and Fast Company and so forth. Um, and uh, a teaser that there may be a new book coming soon. Um, but it's just early stages, early stages. One thing that a lot of people don't know about me is that... Um, for quite a long time, I've been teaching something called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that uh, I teach at the NLP Center of New York, um, and I've been doing that for a decade. But I actually grew up around it. My parents, for some, have a family therapy institute that they recently closed down because they've retired in their seventies. But but they were some of the first people to offer this training um, for many years. So I kind of grew up around it and. Um, I just see so much potential. It, it weaves into everything that I'm doing, my teaching, my coaching, and so forth. Um, so, uh, um, yeah. So those are those are the pieces of what I'm I'm doing. Um, you know, I teach my own classes as well on public speaking, which is very much informed by the science as well as NLP um, on time management, um, uh, all under the auspices of TwoAwesomeHours.com. Um, so, so that's who I am. I love it. Well, for those that ha- haven't read the book, which they absolutely need to, can you share a little bit? It's like, what is Two Awesome Hours, the concept? Yeah, yeah. So the, the main idea is like the idea of the title, Two Awesome Hours, is meant to evoke more than anything a feeling of, let me try to be awesome for the stuff that matters and not do the stuff that doesn't matter. Because the truth is, we can't do it all. There is too much. Yeah. And everybody who's saying, it feels like there's too much. I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm always underwater. I feel like I can't do it all. There are people who will tell you, you can. And I'm here to say you can't, actually. 
that and you shouldn't try. And a big part of being successful, you've probably heard this kind of quote, you know, like what a CEO's like real job is, is to figure out what to say no to. It's kind of true for all of us. We have to learn how to, we have to, we get to learn how to say no to a lot of things, right? But what that comes from is being able to, um, there's two sides of it, being able to understand and regularly make this decision. This is one of the, the things I think most people miss. Everybody knows you should do what's important and not just what's urgent. Right. But how do you actually choose to do that on a day to day basis when everything feels important and everything is urgent? Right. So so understanding how you actually do that is one piece. And then understanding how you can be at peace with the fact that you are probably going to let somebody down. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and but being at peace with it. Right. Is And so there are two sides to this that need to happen. And I think those are kind of the central themes of the book. How do you have that compassion for yourself and set yourself up to be awesome for the things that matter? Oh, wow. I love the yeah. concept of, of what you're sharing. And it does start to get me thinking a little bit about something that you've already touched on, which is how you decide what you're going to focus on, where you're going to perhaps prioritize. I would love to hear you tell us a little bit about where priorities fall, how you decide what those look like. How does it look to make some of those decisions? Yeah, yeah. So um, I have a belief that everybody is capable of knowing what's really important if they're not in the middle of it, right? If you could step mm -hmm. back, if you were on vacation, if it was a weekend and you had some rest, you could say, mm -hmm. okay... I, there's these three things I should be working on. This is going to advance my career. It's going to make me feel like I'm using my time well, you know, so forth, right? Um, what the problem is that we get into the middle of the workday and then we're on autopilot. And the thing is we're on autopilot most of the time. Probably your listeners uh, will be people who have read Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow. You know, these two different systems. You've got the automatic system and the conscious system. Well, the automatic system does most of the work, right? That's, that's, I think, one of the big takeaways from the book. And it's one of the big takeaways that you'll, you'll find that this is common, commonly accepted stuff across all of psychology and neuroscience. The automatic system does most of the work. And when I say we're on autopilot, what I mean is you start a task, even this task, this podcast, the three of us, you know, the four of us, we're not thinking about like everything else we need to do in our lives right now. We're in podcast mode. We're going to be reactive to one another. Right. But that's going to you ask me a question. It's going to be the feel like the most important thing for me to be doing right now is to address it. Even if I feel like even if an hour from now, I'm like, well, that was, you know, there's something else like <laughs> that I have to do. Right. It's, so the thing is, we get into this mode. You could be it could be writing a spreadsheet. It could be having running a meeting. It could be whatever the project is. We get into these auto, autopilot modes. Right. Mm -hmm. Driving to work. You've ever gotten to work and then you look up and you're like, how am I still alive? Right. Because <laughs> you know, your mind was somewhere else. You're an autopilot. That's fine. It works, right? And the whole point of it is that we can process so much and it, becoming an expert actually means that you need to do less conscious thinking. You hand things off to autopilot. So the, the more expert you get and the older you get and the more experience you have in life, the more you're on autopilot. And that's probably why time seems to run faster also. That's just my pet theory about why oh. time goes faster. But, but, you know, so then you can take yourself off autopilot if you want to slow down time. I have an article. On <laughs> but but anyway, con so so every once in a while, though, autopilot breaks down, 
right? Just can't handle the situation. And that's when we bring online our conscious resources. Mm-hmm. And so it could be something like I'm sitting there and I'm trying to work on a chapter and my wife walks in and we need to think about like where we're going to send the kids for camp in the summer. And we have to do it quickly because they're going to run out of spaces. And, you know, and she's only got 10 minutes because she's about to go see a patient. Right. And so it's like, like, how do I, 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 I there's no autopilot for handling all of this. <laughs> no. right? I, I suddenly have to. So my conscious resources come online. Mm-hmm. Now, usually the first experience people have in that moment is anger that they got interrupted and their time is being wasted. This is one of like what I, I, I'm giggling almost because now I know that this is not where time gets wasted, but that's when we're aware of time getting wasted when we become conscious. But so I'm sitting here, I'm frustrated. The time is getting wasted. I've got this to do list. I'm waiting for her to go. I can't think about this now anyway. All I can be is reminded of another stressor. Right. And like, and she can't, we can't, we're not going to actually sign up for anything in 10 minutes, right? So, so what do we do, right? At that point, I'm just like, okay, stop the interruption. And I'm looking at my to-do list and I just want to get back to anything so I can be productive. That's the typical kind of situation. You're nodding. I assume you've had this experience, right? That is so, very relatable. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, really, it's a little bit relatable. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> you have to learn to recognize that those are golden moments when you become more conscious like that. Mm-hmm. That's the time when you're able to step back and connect with what's important. So it's not like, how do I figure out what's important? It's how do I recognize when I'm capable of thinking about it? Because you, you, know, you could spend some time on a weekend and think about what's truly important, but how are you going to remember that in the right moments? You recognize these points when you're conscious, you're like more conscious, that is. Uh, and you can be intentional. You can be deliberate about what to do. Mm. Time does not get wasted when you're sitting there for 10 minutes thinking about what's important. Time gets wasted when you choose the wrong task. You can spend an hour. You can spend the whole afternoon. You just get reactive. You're doing your emails forever. That's how time gets wasted. It's not when you're sitting there thinking about what's important. You know, That's a handful of minutes. So it's like learning to have a different relationship with those moments. And then when you do, you also build them in more. It's like, I'm I, before I start work, I'm going to have a decision point. I call them decision points, right? Recognize them. So I'm going to have a decision point before work. I'm going to have a decision point when I get interrupted. I'm going to have a decision point when I hang up a phone call, right? I build them in. Maybe I'm even going to have it at night before. You know, it depends on you, how you want to do it. But the key thing is in that decision point, I reconnect with what's important, truly important. And I honor the fact that I can't do everything. I personally like to just choose three things on my list. And I don't have any expectations for myself. I'm going to do others. I may get to others, right? But I'm not going to evaluate myself based on that. Because it's not reasonable. This is set up for failure. So anyway, so that's, that's I think, like the, the cornerstone of it. It's that whole shift and recognizing those decision points, those conscious moments and using them. I love that. Well, and it's funny too, because I was just thinking about uh, for our listeners and viewers, right before we hit record today, Stephanie, Stephanie and I have, we've gone through this process hundreds of mm-hmm. times. So we were ready to hit record and go. <laughs> and then it's funny, Josh, you brought us back into uh, off of autopilot and into conscious moment. And we had a moment to just connect mm. as people, mm-hmm. which... I thought it was awesome. Genius on your part, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it too. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, but question on the... So it's really hard for 
I, I, I want to say some, but I, I think I'll say a lot of people mm-hmm. to say no mm-hmm. uh, to things, to turn them down. Suggestions yeah. for our listeners or viewers to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is a bit of um, an attitude shift. And I think for some people, they might just say, oh, sounds great. I'll try it, right? But probably for more people, it's going to be like, maybe I'm open to experimenting with that for a day, right? But whatever you're comfortable with in making a small experiment, I invite you to do this. Um, it's, uh, um, I, I got this from Oliver Berkman, the author of 4,000 Weeks. Um, and, uh, and if you haven't read that, you should read that. It's, it's amazing. Um, so uh, it's this idea called JOMO. You've heard of FOMO, right? Mm-hmm. Fear of missing out. Well, JOMO is the joy of missing out. Ooh. So what because i'm not going to do this thing look at what i'm enabling myself to do right because when you're saying no to something you're saying yes to something else yeah but i'm i'm inviting you to become conscious of what you're saying yes to and i'm not saying it won't hurt i'm not saying it's not gonna be uncomfortable i'm not saying you won't be like how can i i can't just let that go or at least for now you know let it go for now for the, but um yeah it's, it's the thing is you can survive that. That is a feeling that you can have. It's, it's, uh, you know, having your feelings is fine, but what do you do with them? Right. So, mm-hmm. so you can have that feeling and you can also have the feeling of look at what doors I just opened for myself. Yeah. Right. And you experiment with that and you don't have to, you can say, I'm just going to experiment with it and see how I feel about it. At the end of the day, if you don't like it, you can go back to trying to do everything all the time. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, you can try, but I really love the idea of using the word joy in there. <laughs> joy being one of my core values. It's always important to think about where you can kind of center yourself and bring some more joy in. And I, I just love that yeah. example. And in fact, I enjoy being happy too. It, it, it's just a nice part of the day, right? It just makes things feel a little better. But yeah. One of the examples you shared, you know, it resonated with me in the moment and I'm kind of connecting it to uh, some of the conversation Chris just led us toward. You shared an example. If, you know, say your spouse comes in and wants to talk with you about summer camp or wants to talk with you about something else, thinking, you know, for all of us, we have these priorities and focal points during our day and they're important to us and we want to keep on track. We know certainly that others will have their focus points, their priorities that may come into conflict with our own. And we certainly see that when, you know, someone walks by our desk or stops into our office and says, Hey, I need something from you. Tell me a little bit about how you manage that kind of potential conflict. Perhaps in some cases, it's it's as easy as saying, I'm sorry, this isn't the right time. But when someone has something that is a priority for them, you have other priorities. Tell me a little bit about what it looks like to manage both sets and ensure people walk away feeling as though they're getting the support they need. Mm, Yeah. It's a tough one, I know. Yeah, well, so you said we know other people have these needs mm. or have these agendas. Yeah. And, and yes, we know it, but I do think um, an important thing to acknowledge, at least for me, I, you know, <laughs> you can let me know if it's for you, but that I forget it all the time, right? That, you know, I know that my wife has all these things she's trying to manage, right? I would know about her background, other things that are going for her better than anyone else I'm working with, right? You know? But so like, even in that context, I forget, you know, so in that moment, I'm thinking about my needs and thinking. And so, um, uh, 
Yeah, I do think it's one of those things where you get caught off guard and you tend to have an emotional trigger. And in a moment where you're caught off guard and you get triggered emotionally, um, it's kind of too late to just try to figure it out then. And so I think it's yeah. a perfect situation for having some plans ahead of time. Like when this happens, here's what I want to say to the person. Right. Mm. And so that's something I think anyone's capable of doing is to plan ahead. You, you sometimes people call it pre-framing in the cognitive psychology literature, right? That right. Is, it's yeah. instead of a reframe I'm doing after the fact, looking back at it, this is going to happen in the future. I know it's going to happen, right? What am I going to do when that happens? What's the plan? And then if you get very concrete about guys, specifically when I get triggered by this thing, this is what I'll say, you know, it's like, Hey, that's, I, I see that's important. Um, I'm in the middle of trying to focus on this. Can we, can this wait? Or maybe can we like put it on the calendar or something like that? If I'm, if, if it is somebody, the closer I am to the person, I'm going to say this because I assume it's true for everyone else also. I probably, I know that I treat them with less gentleness, right? I'm more willing to <laughs> right? yeah. like, I'm in the middle of something, right? You know, knowing that there'll be a time to patch it up or they'll understand, right? But that doesn't, that's not fair to them. You know, these are the people I want to support the most. So, so planning ahead for specifically what I want to do. And I find that a lot of the times I can manage to handle these things. When I, is, when it is someone I'm working with, uh, I personally, I have that extra level of filter on, right? And then I and find it that much easier to just pause for a sec, listen, and then say, like, I need to do this right now. Can, when when do you really need this by? And for me, I always go to, like, trying to figure out what are your actual deadlines? Like, is it a deadline? Is it a thing you need? Is it something you like to talk about? I just try to un- get the information at least, right? So that's been my go-to is, like, let me find out what really is the case here because I don't actually know. All I know is what it said. That's a, that's a big thing from NLP, by the way, is that I heard, I know what you said, but I don't actually understand everything. And let me think about what I don't understand and try to understand it. Um, so those are the things that, that have worked for me. I love that as a strategy, honestly. I yeah. mean, knowing when and how to compromise can be a really important thing to do, but also understanding when it's necessary to protect your time. If you're really working toward those two awesome hours, sometimes it's a question too of just protecting those two awesome hours before you can move on and oh, yeah. make sure you meet other people where they need to be met. I love that. Yeah. 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 If it's, if you've already decided and you're clear in your mind that it's the most important, it's, it's so much easier. To then be able to say, I'm really trying to do this by X time. What What's your thing? Yeah. What's your, you know, how soon is it needed? And so, forth, you know, because you're, you're clear on it. It's just that much easier. Yeah. And giving people Thanks that. for linking it back to the book for me. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's still too giving people the opportunity to hear from you at your most authentic self at that moment. Just realistically, <laughs> you're not getting the best version of me right now. So if you give me a little time, I'll be right back with you. Sometimes people really appreciate that rather than getting the bare minimum. People know when they're getting yeah. the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah, That's right. That's right. Yeah. And this was a piece of advice I heard once and you can agree with it or not, but it's been very helpful for me, which was everybody has different values. You can't assume everyone values the same thing as you. And so if you get into all of your reasons why you're valuing your thing more than theirs, they may disagree. But if you simply say, I can't do it right now, but I could get to it at this time, would that work? They will presume, they're more likely to presume that you had a good reason that they might have agreed with, right? Yeah. You know, and so it's just better just to let that, you know, stand in terms of like, 
you'll know why it's important to you, but just to talk about what you're then capable of doing yeah. right? and gather information, but not need to share specifically why you're waiting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes no is a complete sentence. So I'm just <laughs> not just sometimes it is. <laughs> Now, before we get to rapid fire, Josh, can you share a little bit about your so your book, your products and services, where people can get a hold of you, like your 60 second commercial? Yeah, yeah. The best way is to awesomehours.com. Um, and, um, you know, or you could write to me directly at drjoshcoach at Gmail, um, or on my LinkedIn, which is there's a so there are 1000s of Josh Davis's, but I am Josh Davis, PhD at LinkedIn and you'll see, you'll recognize my face or you'll see basically it's like, Oh, that was the right guy. Um, but the, you know, those are the ways, the best ways to get in touch with me. Um, the kinds of services. So I do a lot of work, uh, in leadership development. So, you know, there's be trainings in companies, um, and, uh, for managers, for leaders. Um, usually it has to do with things pertaining to communicating well, public speaking, or, um, you know, Focusing on the right things, time management, that sort of thing, making those decisions. Um, and then uh, uh, also at the NLP Center of New York for NLP trainings um, and um, uh, uh, also offer, you know, individual classes. So at twoawesomehours.com, people can find that, that kind of stuff as well. And I'll keep people up to date on, you know, my latest writing and, and uh, uh, you know, articles, books, that kind of thing. That's fabulous. That's awesome. Yeah, that pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it, well, it, it it really is. I mean, I love the concept, and I really love the idea that there is a way to really bring some of your best self to what you're working on through some yeah. really useful and manageable strategies. So, I am really glad you shared some of this with us today, and I think there will be a lot of people interested in grabbing a copy of the book after all of this conversation. But the good news is, we're not quite done asking questions of you yet today. We always like to wrap up with three final questions. We like to call them rapid fire questions. No more than 60 seconds or so to answer, even shorter than that if you prefer. But what do you think? Are you ready? All right. That's all. I'll need to focus. To <laughs> I love it. See, it really all does come back to these core, you know, very essential things to do. So first question mm-hmm. that we've got for you today is give us one book that everyone must read and why. Okay. Um, right now, a book that's really on my mind. Uh, I read it probably, I don't know, six months ago, mm-hmm. eight months ago, something like that. Um but what was interesting is that I reread it many times, which is very rare for me. Um, it's The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Uh, yeah. And now I've never, I'm not a meditator. Yeah. Um, but I have always been very interested in, the, in the, the ideas of being mindful, right? Being present and playing with that. And, and so essentially he sets up all of the different um, limiting beliefs you can have and then knocks them down one by one. And so it's, and it's, so it's about being present in every moment. It's not about establishing a meditation practice. It's, it's about actually like, and so it really enabled me to be so present, uh, even more, which is something I like doing anyway. So yeah. it's like, I was on that path. I wanted to, but like, it really, I've, I've, I've changed. I'm less reactive. I'm, it's, it's, it's been nice. Oh, yeah. That's why I kept, that's why I kept listening to it again. Cause I was like, each time I listened, I was finding myself in the right mode throughout the day. So it's been a few months. I might go back again. 
The best <laughs> books are the ones that you can go back to time and time again and still get something either new or important from. And that is a really, really good choice. I've read that once or twice myself. All right. Next question for you. What is one tool that you can't live without? You know, okay. This question um, is... Uh, I, 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 so Helena sent me the question yep. actually last <laughs> night and I was like, I don't know that I could answer that because I think I could live without every tool. Um, but I finally landed on one that I like a lot, which is a pen and paper. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> because it forces you to think, uh, you know, just like you can't just ramble, right? Yeah. yeah. So you have to actually think about what you're saying and then you get it down on paper and you're also not in front of a device. So you don't feel yucky afterwards. Yeah. I think that's a great one for two reasons. One, I have to say that is probably the hardest question we ask all of our guests. Everybody, <laughs> they either struggle or want to struggle with that one. In some cases, no. you get that very quick, clear answer, but usually it's a, where do you start or where don't you start? But I have to say, I love pen and paper I if for the same exact reason that you do. And also I find there are some things where I just sort of automatically go into that analog mode and I find it brings some intentionality to what I'm doing. So absolutely mm -hmm. love that answer. One of my favorites. Cool. We got one more for you. Uh, last question for yeah. you today. Mm -hmm. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Wow. I mean, uh, I have gotten a lot of good advice in my life and I really, um, for this one, I can't say the best advice. I just, um, uh, but this is a piece of good advice, mm. right? That I got recently, um, and that's all. That's all I can say is. But but uh, you know, situations where somebody says something and you're so upset because they didn't say it in the right way. Yes, right. It's just like fine. You could have handled this so much better, but because you did it this way, it was yeah. so maddening. And I like, and it can cause major risks. I mean, for a long time, right? And so what? What the advice I got? What this person said to me was, he said, um. Sometimes when people say things to me in the wrong way, I choose to hear it as though they had said it in the right way. Oh, wow. I love that. Oh, just let that one That's sit with deep. you for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. goes to Steve Leeds from the NLP Center of New York. Oh, my gosh. That's... That's a really insightful one. And I bet that's mm -hmm. the kind of thing where just about everybody joining us today will hear that and think, yeah, I can actually use that. How many of us have been in a situation where <laughs> tone has been off, words have been incorrect, just it didn't hit you the way that you wish that it had. It didn't connect with you in a meaningful way for you. What a way to reframe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh, I oh, love I that. Love I, I'm going to remember yes. that one. <laughs> oh, Josh, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your wisdom. Um, I, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. This was great to Aww. do. Great to well, and of here. course, we want to thank our viewers and listeners, our ETD community. Thank you for checking in with us. And before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Are you a member of the Metro DC chapter of ATD? We have resources just for you. Go to dsatd.org and select the members-only section of resources to access our digital library, member directory, and chapter documents. 
Check out dcatd.org for upcoming chapter events, learning programs, member benefits, and so much more. 